Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the episode of Just Say Gway. I'm your host, George Gway. Today, I'm joined by Colin Miller of uh, Rio Grande Valley FC in the USL Championship Soccer League. Uh, he was also the first guest to ever make an appearance uh, on the show as an athlete, and uh, he, we're running it back. Colin, thanks for on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, George. I'm really excited for another episode today, and, and I'm really fortunate to, to have you on or have me on. Thanks. Yeah, so honestly, how's this year been, man? I know it's crazy. Last year, you guys were fortunately able to play during a pandemic. There were even fans at some of the games in the USL. Uh, you had a free agency experience for the first time during the pandemic. Uh, you, you're with your new team as, you know, this crazy year is wrapping up. How's the whole process been? Yeah, everything has been kind of crazy. I think going back to last year with Loudon, I think we were able to to get in it was supposed to be a 16 game season but even our season was cut short uh, we had some COVID cases at the end of the year and we only ended up playing 13 games and then even going into this off season I wasn't sure kind of where I was going to be whether I was going to be back with Loudon or where I was going to be kind of testing that free agency market and seeing where things were going to take me but ended up down here in South Texas down here in the valley and I couldn't be more happy and excited about how the season's gone so far and even just the excitement going into a new chapter I think new opportunity with a new club uh, who is coached by Wilmer Cabrera, who has MLS experience and even just the opportunity to work with some new goalkeepers and work with a new goalkeeping coach and just to try and expand my horizon uh, and kind of continue pressing on here now into my third season. Yeah, it's definitely worked out so far and, you know, the team is playing really well. So uh, the free agency process is something I wanted to ask you about. How stressful is it? And is it kind of like picking a college? Yeah, I think that that's a good way to look at it. I think there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of uncertainty. I'm fortunate to have an agent who does help me through the process and and they have a lot of connections. And and even for me, it ultimately comes down to kind of how I can help them, you know, because I'm not often the one on the phone making the calls, you know, trying to sell myself, you know, towards the end of the process, I'll usually get on the phone with maybe a head coach or an assistant coach or a goalkeeping coach or all the above, or maybe an owner or a, or a manager or whoever just to try and advocate for myself and, and let them kind of inside of my world and give them a little bit more of who I am as a person. But it's usually like a turbulent time. You don't really know where you're going to end up. You, know, you don't always know if you'll be back with the same club or maybe with a new club. And, and for me, a lot of my, or even my contracts so far to this point have all been one year deals. And so I'm not always really sure where I'll be even the next season, even if I do find a home for one year, you know, I could be back with the same club or I could be looking elsewhere and, and I've kind of really just tried to cast a really big net and try and gauge as much interest as I can each off season. And I've just been trying to find a club that for me, I'll be able to continue growing as a player. Cause I still feel like I'm in, I say like a product development stage of my career, especially as a goalkeeper who as a goalkeeper, you have a little bit longer of a, of a window of a playing window than maybe like a central midfielder or a forward or some other guys around the park. So so it was, again, a turbulent time, but I think it's a good way to describe it. I think you're trying to pick a school, you know, you don't really know a ton about the school, you know, before you go into it. I didn't know anything about South Texas, you know, before coming down here, you know, but you kind of trust, you trust the, the your network and some people that you speak to have maybe been you know, to the school or to the club before. And then you kind of just uh, say your prayers and, and you go into it, you know, with a full heart, fully prepared and, and you kind of just ride the waves as they, as they come in. Yeah, it's definitely about finding the right fit. And uh, it seems like you've really liked it. I remember when we talked about a few months ago how um, what the team is like, you know, the uh, the new facilities that the, that the place has to offer. 
Um, but what is the town itself like where you're living? And uh, once was there a culture shock along the way? Yeah, I live in Mission, Texas down here, which is about 15 minutes from Edinburgh. And Edinburgh is where our, our stadium is located. And so coming down here into, into South Texas, again, was my first time really being in the area. I have a cousin who lives in Dallas. I had been to Frisco before, but had never really been to any other major city here here in Texas. And so all of it, again, was, was brand new. I think coming down here, too, I think probably a little bit of a culture shock. I think, one, you know, with the club and the organization. I think, two, just living in the area, just living in a new new part of the country, I think, is always, always you know, new at first. But then you kind of – you get used to everything just like you were anywhere. I feel like I'm kind of nomadic anyway. I can kind of find my way or find a home or call a place home, you know, anywhere where I'm at. You know, I think the people around me, you know, have always supported me and I've always had a good network. You know, I'm always staying in touch with my family, trying to stay in touch with my friends, my girlfriend as well. We've done, a, I think, a really good job trying to call any place home, you know, as I kind of navigate, you know, the, the uncharted waters of, of kind of this professional soccer career. But yeah, it was definitely new at first, but now I think we're, I think we're about four and a half months into me being down here uh, when we got going with preseason. And so our season, our regular season will run until about the end of October with postseason being in November. And so I'll, I'll be able to kind of get to know the area more as the season goes, but I've already kind of got my, my feet on the ground down here and, and I'm really enjoying the, the area. Well, that's good that it's working. So one thing I want to ask in regards to your transition from Loudoun to uh, Rio Grande uh, City, uh, with this new team is that uh, when you were in Loudoun, you know, you were in about an hour to uh, DC and to Baltimore. That's correct, right? Correct. Yeah. So where you are in Texas, you know, sorry, where you were in DC, you were pretty close to city, cities that had really, you know, big pro sports teams uh, and a lot of colleges in the area where you are now, you're pretty far from Houston and San Antonio. Uh, does it feel like the fans are more invested with this team because it's pretty much the team in the area. Yeah, we actually have a really, really strong fan base down here. I think everybody from, I think, the supporters of the club, but also I think just the, the residents of the area. I think everybody is invested in the team. And we have really nice facilities. I think we have an outstanding like marketing department as well that engages the fans, engages the, I think, the community as a whole. And I think also just the club itself, we – we don't have a ton of competition in this area, I think, which is nice. You know, I think we're about five hours from Houston, you know, about three, three and a half, maybe even four hours, you know, or so from San Antonio, uh, about like four and a half hours from Austin. And so in terms of, of soccer itself, we are one of the lone professional soccer teams down here in this area. So I think it helps with us, like being able to draw and, and being able to, to gauge that market. And I think with the team success so far this season, we've kind of seen, you know, our, our fan base grow a bit and anybody at any point in time wants to be around a winning team, you know, versus a losing team, you know, you kind of, you have that bandwagon effect, you know, when things are going really well. And so we've kind of been riding that as of late and we're hoping to keep that going as the season rolls on and, and just try and continue broadening our, our network and, and building our fan base. Yeah, for sure. It's great to have awesome fans. So uh, what do you like about the team uh, so far? You know, there's, Obviously, you mentioned great success, but is there anything that sticks out about it as opposed to, you know, other groups that you've been around? I think this team that I'm with this year has been a, a completely different experience to what I had with Loud in the past two years. I think this club, we have a little bit more of like a, a veteran presence. And we have a lot of guys who have played 
a lot of minutes, a lot of games in a lot of leagues all around the world. And so there's a ton of experience that one, I benefit from, you know, being able to learn from these guys, you know, whether it's their routines day in and day out, you know, or just how they handle themselves on and off the field. And I think this year with this club as well, we're in, in the Western Conference, where last two seasons I've been playing in the Eastern Conference. And I think it, at least for me, it engages a whole new realm of possibilities and, again, tries to build that network that I'm trying to, to build as well as I kind of continue with this career. But we got a lot of guys, again, who have played a lot of minutes all around the world. And, and I'm, again, just trying to learn from these guys as the season goes on. But, yeah, it's, it's been fun, I think, being a part of this group. And, and, again, we're having a lot of success. And I think anytime you know, a team's doing well, you're enjoying the experience, you know, as, as a whole. So, so it's been really fruitful so far, and I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see where the, the rest of the season goes from here. Yeah, for sure. You guys are in a great spot right now. So, you know, in regards to playing in the USL Championship League, uh, how different is it from college? You know, because most of your games for college are kind of on the weekends and far less uh, length of a schedule. Um, obviously, I think you guys definitely travel more, I assume, in the USL. Uh, how is that challenging? Yeah, the season itself, I think, is is probably one of the biggest changes from college to, to the professional level. With the professional season, we go for about 10 months or so out of the year, including preseason. And if you include the playoffs, if if we were to play a full full season, we had a full season my first year. And then in my second year, it was kind of the COVID season and it was affected and it was really cut short. So this is really my second true so far, you knock on wood, nothing, uh, and I guess knocks us off the rails here, but we're able to kind of have a full professional season. But I think the, the slate of games, too, we're, we're playing a 32-game season this year, you know, which in college, I think you're only guaranteed, I think, 18 games or so, and those 18 games are squeezed into about three months' time, and that maybe doesn't include the playoffs, but preseason as well in college is about two weeks, and it's more of a sprint where at the professional level, it's a marathon, and I think it's a very long season with a lot of like ups and downs. And, and I think the, the season itself plays a role because you could have so much that goes on throughout 10 months, you know, versus maybe stuff that goes on at, at the most, I think maybe a five month college season, you know, from start to finish. So, so I think that's probably been the biggest adjustment is trying to, you know, train differently in the off season and make sure, you know, my body is durable and, and able to kind of withstand all the demands that a full season has in store also the travel, like you mentioned, you know, we're traveling all over the country, you know, so far this year, we actually have been to Miami. Uh, we just got back from Orange County last weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll take trips up to Austin and El Paso here in Texas and San Antonio. And then in a couple of weeks time, we'll go out to Phoenix and then we'll also go to Real Salt Lake and, and even over to Colorado. So we've, we've been traveling all over, you know, which does take a toll on, on the body and stuff, but, uh, but it's all like really fun. You know, and part of my, quest coming out here to the Western Conference this year was also to try and see new areas of the country that I've never seen before. And, and all those cities with the exception of, of Miami, you know, are out pretty much here in the West and, and there's cities and towns I've never been to before. So even soccer aside, it's cool to kind of see a new part of the country and, and see a new city. You know, I also get to live out my dream and, and play, play my sport at, at the, at the highest level. Yeah, for sure. I think I agree. Definitely a marathon as opposed to a sprint. Uh, did it ever take you back when you're playing in this league? Because obviously when you were in college, you know, it's uh, definitely an international game, just like the USL, you know. Uh, obviously, Tiago and jo Joao were on Providence and they were from Portugal. Um, 
but you know, it's all the same age group, right? Pretty much in the college game. But you know, I remember going to one one of the USL games. I think it was during twenty it was twenty twenty, and there were guys in the team that were 18, 17 years old, and they should have been, you know, typically going to college soon. Does that really uh, take you back a bit playing against those type of players? It does. It does take me back. I think even with Loudon, I got that a lot. You know, we had a very, very young team. We had a very talented team. We were also just very young. You know, we had guys making professional debuts at 16, 17 years of age and, and guys playing even now, you know, I'm playing with, uh, with one player, uh, Vicente Sanchez, who's played all over the, the world and, and he's 41 years of age. And so he, he brings like a, an incredible amount of like knowledge and experience, you know, versus, you know, playing with and against guys, you know, 16, 17 years old, you know, or also too, like they're playing at the highest level as well, which is incredible for them to get that experience. But it does take me back to kind of the college days a little bit to where I came in at 17 and, and I couldn't imagine, you know, playing at this level when had, at 17, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, just coming into college, you know, but for these guys to have this, this opportunity, you know, is, is profound for their development. And I think even just for their resume as well, they get to have this experience and they're only going to get better you know, playing against older, faster, quicker, and just better overall talent, you know, they're only going to reap those benefits. And I think it's true too, even at a young age, like whether it's, you know, a younger brother going up against an older brother or a younger brother or a younger sister playing with an older sister, you, you kind of see how the younger sibling, you know, sometimes always benefits from that because they're playing against older, more mature, more physical competition. And so they, they reap those benefits, they mature faster. And I think all that holds true, you know, even in your late teens, early twenties, you're still going to benefit from playing against that, that higher level and a little bit older competition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I think uh, some people don't even forget that, you know, they're challenged because they got to be 17, 18 years old going up against these grown professional adults. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, they got to live with the challenge of adapting to a new place uh, in a new uh, city, uh, just like you are right now. Um, so Obviously, I brought up college soccer. How closely do you still follow PC soccer? Because I know there's some guys that you've played with that are still on the team. Uh, I was just wondering how much do you still pay attention? I do keep up. Yeah, I, I've been actually trying to, to keep up with more of the schedule this year because of the season kind of being really canceled in the fall of last year. And the guys got some games in the spring. And I was able to keep up with, with some of their spring season that the guys had. But uh, I was actually just talking to Joao. You mentioned Joao a couple of days ago because it was his birthday. And he's planning on trying to get back to Friartown uh, over their senior day weekend. And so I think it's senior night sometime. And I think later October is when those guys are playing. And so we were actually just talking about the program and, and how things were going. I haven't stayed in touch as much with the whole coaching staff, but I do talk with our goalkeeper coach, Carl Spratt, who actually just took a, a new position uh, with the Philadelphia Union. He's going to be the head coach of, Philadelphia Union too. Oh, my bad. No worries. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, he's going to be the uh, the head coach of Philadelphia Union too. Uh, he's also going to be the goalkeeping coach. Uh, or sorry, he's going to be the head goalkeeping coach of the academy, and he's also going to be the head goalkeeping coach of Philadelphia Union too. So I want to yeah, I want to get that right. It's a big um, job. Yeah. So he's actually. So for me, it was. It was, it's honestly a great opportunity for him. And then for me, I was realizing that he had been at Providence for, for years. He was there for my full five years that I was there. 
And then he was there a couple of years before uh, when I got there. And then he's been there for a few years afterwards. So he's had a really long tenure. So I think for him, an awesome opportunity. Because before he was the director of goalkeeping for the New England Revolution for their academy. And so now he's transitioning uh, in with them. And so I haven't, I congratulated him a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't really talked in depth about his, his new, uh, kind of new chapter, new opportunity. But, uh, but I do try and stay in touch with, with the staff and some of the players, you know, Malcolm and, and some of those guys as well who are just getting going with, with their senior season and Remy and those guys. And I think they're, they're really looking forward to the season, especially after not having a full season last year. I think you kind of have that appreciation and, and even that, that love for the game is kind of really found in a way, you know, after, after not having something for a while. So I know all those guys are excited and, and looking forward to the season. But I do try and stay in touch with, with the program because it's given me so much. You know, so I try and give back in any way that I can and, and stay connected or just give advice or whatever it is to those guys who are, who are still making, making their way through the program. Yeah, it's awesome. You still stay in touch. I'm happy that, you know, they're going to get a normal season too, uh, especially trying to go through a school year as well. You know, I hosted one of the freshmen on from uh, that team that just played this past season. And I asked him what it was like. And he said, pretty much uh, it, was, it was preseason, but for a whole year or almost a whole year. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned, uh, Remy, who was one of, who's a goalkeeper that you worked with, obviously when you were the starting goalkeeper, what's it like seeing, you know, the success that, um, he's having and knowing that, you know, you got to see what he'd be like, uh, early on. Yeah. Remy's earned everything that, that he's, that he's really gotten so far in, in Providence. I think he, he kind of was biding his time even when I was there. And then even the year after he sat behind a goalkeeper named Austin Visa, who's playing with the Richmond kickers now in, in USL league one. So, so I think for him, he's really dug in, you know, I think rode those waves, you know, it's tough as a goalkeeper because there's only one of us on the field at, at all times. And, and it's oftentimes if one guy's playing, the team's doing well, you're not going to make a whole lot of changes. And, and so for him, I think he's in a great opportunity to kind of take the reins and, and be that number one, you know, for again, this season and even for another season, I think he has a great pedigree. I think coming from like Toronto FC's Academy and, and even being able to work, you know, with Carl Spratt, uh, our goalkeeper coach, uh, who just, we were just chatting about, because I think personally he's, he's the best goalkeeping coach that I've had the opportunity to work with throughout uh, my whole kind of even youth and, and now even professional career. You know, I think, Remy now being able to work with him and learn from him. And I think it'll be really exciting to kind of see where, where Remy is able to take his career because he's got a ton of potential and he's got a, a ton of tools in his, in his toolbox and he just keeps adding to him. You know, I think that the sky's the limit. And I know he's, he's involved on campus as well, you know, which is awesome. He's involved with the student at the advisory council, which was something I was involved in as well. And so I, I could, you know, really appreciate the stuff he's doing on the field, but also the stuff he's doing off the field to help try and, facilitate that holistic student athlete experience, you know, which, which is really tough to try and balance it all, but it seems like he's doing a really good job and he's really disciplined with everything. Yeah. He's doing a lot of great things. I have heard that from other students uh, that are still at school. I just find it amazing how the program, you know, once someone graduates or the school, the program's still able to do really well, you know, like so many great players have come through uh, Max Steves, Gressel, Cleesman uh, Souza, uh, yourself, you know, Austin, Austin was very good in that. And uh, every year someone else, you know, fills their, their shoes and uh, the program is still doing well. And it's awesome that uh, you're still in touch with all of them or a lot of them. So 
Uh, my last question is, doesn't have to do with soccer, but I know uh, you're a big Ravens fan, but you know, what are your expectations this year? Uh, obviously the fans are going to be back at M&T Bank Stadium and Lamar Jackson knows how to win in the playoffs now and uh, kind of build off that. Yeah, I think I'm really excited to see where the uh, where the Ravens go this year. I think they just reported today, I think, for, for training camp. I think mm-hmm. I saw uh, – I was actually watching a video of Lamar walking into the facility uh, not too long ago before we actually hopped on our, our call. But but I think he, he's electric. I think he's awesome to watch. I think I think he's he's done a ton for the city too. I think just the other day, you know, he's running routes on like an asphalt, like basketball court, you know, with, with just yeah. a bunch of kids at like a kid's awesome. camp, you know, and – I think he, he's so relatable, and I think that's why so many people love him. You know, I think it's because he's he's he, he comes off as if he's just like, you know, the average person off the field, but then he's this above average, you know, kind of, I would say, like a, like a godly figure on the field with his ability and everything he's able to do, you know, like obviously on on the field and in between the lines. And and so I think it'll be cool to watch. I think they, they got a bunch of weapons around him too, you know, some good draft picks I think will kind of fill out. Uh, the, the rest of the team, and, and I think it'll be fun. I'm, I'm actually hoping to make some games in the fall because my family, my dad loves going to the games. He goes to just about every one. Uh, we have season tickets, and so I'm going to try and make some games sometime in the offseason when I'm back home around, like, December. So uh, it'll be some cold nights at, at MIT Bank, but uh, but I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be fire on the field, and, and the boys will be, be buzzing, hopefully, throughout the, the whole season. Yeah, it'll be awesome to be back, you know, in the stands uh, with fans. I think it's awesome that, you know, Lamar is someone who really puts himself out there. Um, you know, I think it's great that he's really took himself as kind of pretty much being the face of the city. You know, I think once Ray Lewis retired and, you know, Michael Phelps stopped swimming, it was, you know, is it going to be Machado? Who's Are the Ravens going to draft someone? But you know, I think there's no uh, debate as who's, the, you know, the face of Baltimore. Uh, I think they're going to have a great season. Uh, I think it's going to be, Interesting to see how these players, you know, play better without or with fans now. And um, you know, obviously, I think a lot of teams did better in the offseason. But Colin, thanks for on the show for a second time. And uh, best of luck with your team. Thanks a lot, George. Thanks again for having me on. And, and, and all the best until we talk next time. Yep. Have a good one, man.